slash afternoon. You're back with the snow bees, but hopefully you're here in this in the early morning hours. Since that's what I try to release, so you guys get a good drop on your day. This is Dr. Cameron O'Connell with mm. the snow bees. And this is Dr. Owen Mandanis. And we're down a pee. Yep. It's an empty little pee pod we're in two here. Peas. We're two peas. Two peas in a pod. <laughs> Not three peas in a pod, but Zanine is out of town and is hopefully enjoying herself. Lord knows we all need a break sometimes. Yeah. Have you seen her? She looks like super chill on her Facebook post. Yeah, she does look super chill on her Facebook post. So I talked to her yesterday because her um, Ludmila, her daughter, turned two. No. So I had to give them a shout out and she's really rested, but she's ready to come back and like get stuff going. <laughs> she's going to be running us. <laughs> she is. She's, you know. I'm just going to be able to stand it. I'll be like, oh my gosh, look at you and all that. Cali- not California. Florida energy. All right, well, but don't you worry, Dr. Owen Mandanis, Dr. Cameron O'Connell are still here to talk about yeah. a wonderful topic today, that I'm sure is on everyone's heart, <laughs> maybe not at all, is white flour, because that's mm. something I feel like that shows up all the time yeah. in vegan food, and it's, it's a hot topic for sure. Bread is my thing. Oh. I, can't, I can't give that up. You know what, Owen, we haven't BSed. What'd you do this weekend? Um, yeah, so, um, you know what, I don't want to go into it very long, but, um, you know, I have a big beef with adults these days Yeah. and COVID rules and dealing with children. Like, I just think we're going to look back at this time in our lives and kind of think adults were lame and that we kind of <laughs> screwed kids over a lot. And so once again, this weekend, Diamond High School screwed my son over with hockey. Oh. Yeah, we had a little bit of hockey debacle. They couldn't be Uh-oh. in this tournament because of some administrative error and whatever. It's not really, it was just super sad. So my senior couldn't be oh. part of this tournament, but they got a bid for state. So the state's this week. So Oh, good. So it they at least kind of made it work around. Yeah, but yeah. they it it was really sad and um mm-hmm. not to make this podcast sad, but it's like, come on, adults, let's just not think about ourselves and um, let's think about children because you know, didn't Whitney Houston say, "I believe the children <laughs> are our future." <laughs> no, so, but whatever. It's just like I'm really that is my one soapbox is how children have been handled during. This the virus whole, that will not be named. Right. Okay. So, but, you know, let's just, God, I just wish we could be nicer people. I know. But other <laughs> than the bad, sad debacle, did you guys do anything Oh, you know what? I cleaned, um, I don't know, this is entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> I just really cleaned the house. That I cleaned my nice. fridge. I cleaned my fridge. Oh. I mean, like, I took everything out of the fridge and put it back in and scrubbed it. You know, adult things, like adult goals. You I feel like every time I say that stuff out loud, I can hear my inner, like, 15-year-old just roll her eyes and, like, flop down somewhere. You know, I get pretty zen about it, you know? But then you're like, where did this thing come from underneath? Like, I pulled out my (laughs) produce drawers, and, like, there's just all these vegetable parts underneath the produce drawer. like, how did that even get there, right? Like, (laughs) how did this happen? (laughs) So I'm getting a – we are redoing our kitchen soon, and I got a fridge, and, like, the only thing I look at – with everything that's kitchen related, like even pots and pans, but for just like, oh, well, food gets stuck in this little part right. here. Like, how do I clean? Is, is this easy to clean? 
That's okay. how I make all my decisions now. It's really sad. No, um, I think that's legitimate. Like, do I really <laughs> want to deal with this piece of equipment? I mean, can I remove this shelf easily or yeah. not easily? Because there's going to be crud under it. Hey, I will tell you, when I just got my uh, Air Pop popcorn maker, Ooh, yeah. I almost cried. I was like, this is so simple. Yeah. Look at this. This is like, I don't even really clean this thing. I can just shake it. <laughs> I remember I haven't seen an Air Popper since the 80s. Well, you're missing out. Yeah. (laughs) And you made the 80s, including me. So (laughs) what did you do this weekend um, besides popping air pop? I actually did do that this weekend. My um, my parents came up to our and we went to stop. Oh, was it good? Yeah, it was. Yeah, we had a really good time. Have you ever seen it? I have, you know, ages ago when they came up. That was 80s. Was that 90s? I think it was 90s. Mm. Yeah, definitely 90s. So yeah, no, I mean, it's... Like acapella without words. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they make all their own music. And my brother, um, bless his heart, asleep within like yeah. 20 seconds. I used to go to, um, <laughs> I used to go to like symphonies and stuff. And my parents, as a child, and I'd right. always fall asleep. <laughs> so you and my dad would have been passed from the front. Yes, definitely. But well, not was, with Stomp, right? What was super cute was there was all, all these parents got their kiddos. And they were just entranced. And so at the end, when they cool. came out for their encore, these guys were like, this one little girl was dancing in the aisle. She was so excited. And yeah, the little boy behind me was just like, oh. But all I could think is, we're going ha- to have a lot of timeouts in the next month that are going to be justified by stomp. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Junior, don't hit your brother in the head yeah. with that frying pan. I don't care what cool noise So it they makes. were doing things sort of-ish like that? Well, I mean, they like. Play on a kitchen sink and they, you know, beat things to get noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was just waiting for these kids to be like, oh, <laughs> I just can't wait for everything. It's glad. I'm just so excited that they're having shows and things like everywhere and yeah. things are opening up. People you know how I know things are opening up is uh, my husband was like, things are changing because the fast food, like the um, convenience store when my husband went to go get gas, like the hot dogs are out again. A sign, a sign of good times ahead. And we, Costco. We can't identify. Costco is, is... Giving samples. They are. Sorry. <laughs> no, I just have this little weird cough. No, they're giving away samples. And I was like, huh? That's crazy. So we're back. Like normal food samples, not like, I don't know. Prepackaged and sealed. Yeah, it was yeah. very, very weird. Well, so that was our quick recap, guys. And we're going to be back. And as you just heard us say at the beginning and we almost forgot about our weekend is we will be talking about white flour so we will see you in five minutes we're gonna let owen have some water and we'll I know. see you thank you hey guys dr cameron o'connell is here to bother you at our break to ask you to think about joining our patreon subscription service why would you do this you ask in all this hustle bustle of life well Patreon's amazing because it's a platform that lets us be able to interact with you and bring you into the wonderful world of the snow peas. There is a membership level to fit every budget. And as much as you want to be involved, you can be involved. Additionally, you get access to our special little private podcast that goes along with the Snow Peas podcast where we talk about the book that we're reading and where we have our book club discussion. So you can listen to Owen and Zanita and I duke it out about what the highs and what the lows are that we love. Additionally, we're adding more things in like once a month for a certain tier, we're going to get together and chat and just hear what your questions are and be able to answer them for you. 
Also, there'll be early access to events. So VegFest next year, tickets will go on sale early and we're just expanding all the time. And no matter what, we want to thank you so much for listening and being a part of this snow peas extravaganza that we've put together. We feel incredibly blessed. So you can find us if you want to. If you go on to Facebook, you can see where we've got a player out from Captivate. There's a little donate button that'll take you straight to Patreon. Additionally, you can go to patreon.com backslash snow peas podcast to find us. And Patreon is spelled because I am eight. Terrible speller, p a t r e o n dot com slash snowpeas podcast. We hope to see you there. We can't wait. The world is going to be peified because it's going to be peaceful. It's going to be all those puns. We'll see you soon. Thanks again. All right, guys, welcome back to we, we are the snowpeas, I guess, but I want to call us like the the bipeas or the. <laughs> The bipedal peas or the, the tour peas. We the I don't know. I gotta Ooh, think about that. Oh, the chickpeas. The chickpeas. Yeah, but we can have three chickpeas. We could. Yeah. We could have three chickpeas. Well, anyway, it's just two pea. It is a two pea. So Owen and I are here today to talk. We said about white flour and why is that problematic. So I think you wanted me to kind of kick it off. I do. Okay, but I will tell you. I mean, this topic is sad for me. Yeah, no, she actually sent me a meme with a sad face that she did not want to talk about this because it was a hard Well, and I grew up baking. Right. I mean, I think we've talked about this before on the podcast. I grew up baking, and um, so I, with my own kids, they don't know how well I can bake. And, um, <laughs> and I want to make things like, I wanted to make new, like, things that we did as a family that right. wasn't about baking. And I wanted to celebrate differently than with food. No, that's a it's a big one. It's trying to find things to do that does not did not encompass uh, putting stuff in our mouths. Right, I know it's, really <laughs> it's hard, but I think we thought this topic would be worthwhile because you know very often we're kind of we're not trying to make a big deal out of the vegan end of it, but you know we do eat what we considered kind of more on the vegan end of life. So no animal products, but along with that. Vegan junk food kind of raises its head. And so I get people, Owen gets people in this that just don't um, seem to do very well on their quote-unquote on a vegan diet. And one of those things that I find really quickly that jumps out is the amount of processed grain that they're eating. Right. Let me tell you, too, I was like 30 years old in my 30s before I realized pasta is basically just bread. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know. It's wet bread. It is. Like, I just started, I said, oh, I'm going to make my own pasta. Like, what right. is this? Blah, blah, blah. And I kind of thought it was more like, you throw in some eggs, and I know you, and I was like, flour and water? I was like, what? <laughs> what is this? And that's I've all. i lied to. So it is interesting, because <laughs> right. I bet you, maybe it was just me, but people don't realize, like, so you go to an Italian restaurant, and you get spaghetti and then you get the bread before that and we're just white flour white flour white flour white flour yeah and then we get dessert you know like yeah so and it's just all white flour yep people don't get it so one of my main complaints about white flour often with people are the first things they bring up is just kind of what it's lacking not that it's terrible but more along the lines of okay so they take this lovely little bit of, you know, wheat berry, and what they end up doing to it is they just rip all the flour out of it. And the flour, all the fiber out of it. I how they started all that. 
Well, you know, I mean, we have been grinding down wheat to make bread for a long time. But, you know, we had big stone grinders that left a lot of that fiber mm-hmm. somewhat intact. And now over time, we are able to, quote unquote, refine or make it. Uh, I love it. It's like refined. Like it makes it look sound like it's this posh. But it's really thing. like we don't want refined anymore. No, we don't want refined anymore. And so if you take the fiber out of it, then you're looking at it as something that is heavy in calories and devoid of nutrition. And not only that, has the capability of being turned in your body into glucose really quickly, which isn't necessarily always a problem. But if you put that in all the time, then you're spiking up your blood sugar more than you need to. You're causing your pancreas to work a little bit harder and you're dumping a ton of So what is that that's exactly happening? So when you, like just the refined flour spikes the glucose? So the refined flour, when it's brought in, so carbohydrates gets broken down into glucose. So like if you and I eat even to a certain extent, like you know, people are always going on about carbs and how carbs are terrible for you. The mm-hmm. reality is they're not. We happily burn glucose. We happily burn, we are sugar burners. But we do like it to be a slow dance. Like when you eat, you want to be a more of a rest and digest. You don't. Which is what fruit carbs. Yeah. So it's not necessarily a glucose burst with fruit so much as, I mean, there is a little bit, but it's mostly fructose, which is a, a different form of sugar. But at the same time, that's why fructose isn't a problem in an apple because it's slowed down coming into the system. Because it has all the fibers. and Yep, exactly. It's not being burnt up. And that's the other issue with it is when you take that fiber out, you can eat a lot more. It is darn hard to make your way through a thing of Ezekiel bread. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Or rye bread or any whole grain bread. As opposed to like a great harvest loaf that's like, you know, or a nice brioche or something. The other like problem with white flour is it's often accompanied with white sugar. Oh yeah. So and this is all very inflammatory. Yep. So you know, once again, same issue. You're taking a product and you're ripping it out of its kind of natural case and you're concentrating it into a powder. So white flour, white sugar, same in a lot of ways, a lot of similar characteristics to it. So that's the problem is, once again, higher calorie, high and devoid of a lot, devoid of fiber, devoid of nutrients, devoid of vitamins. And so it's just almost like another slightly powdered form of sugar. And then how do we make it white? We bleach it. Oh, yeah. So I've looked this up. (laughs) So there's, you know, it's always the words that you can't pronounce. Mm -hmm. So there's azotocarbonamide (laughs) and nitrogen dioxide and potassium bromate and chlorine dioxide is what we use to make flour white. And then, of course, because we're the U.S. of A, like... Some of these products aren't even allowed in other countries. Right. Like Australia has banned azotocarbonamide and then potassium bromate, which we use in a lot of our product, a lot of our flours, right. is in most of our flours in the U.S. uses potassium bromate because it's brominated, brominated flour. And that's not even allowed in Europe. And that doesn't actually surprise, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. And there has been... Um, there's been some interesting thoughts too about anything that's kind of within that the bromate the bromine family having a negative impact on the thyroid and thyroid really? function. So Not there's surprising. a lot of good other good questions about how we get to this quote unquote white flour product. And so, um, like I said, often with a lot of vegans, I get them in and they are just eating terribly. And do I want a lot of people on 
just ground up flour anyway? No. Some people handle it better than others, though. And but some people. So it's. I, I read an article uh, or, or a book. Now I can't remember what the book was, but like our processed foodstuffs that we can get in the grocery store mm-hmm. is super scary because it's like. Let's just say, what's the difference between, you know, a muffin, Cheetos, um, maybe even Pringles, even though there's some potatoes, but like a lot of these things are just processed flour. So Cheetos is like processed flour with a bunch of chemicals and it's savory because it has like fiery hot Cheetos or something, which is exactly the same thing as like... Uh, hostess Twinkies, which is processed flour and sugar, well, right. things made sweet. So it, the author, it was some book I read now, I can't think of it, but she was just saying that what we're eating in the aisles, and then of course there's pasta, same right. thing, flour, is just like dog food. Like it's human dog food. Like everything we're mm-hmm. eating is human dog food just packaged differently. And I think it's so true. And that's what a lot of the vegan junk food really is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in some ways, we are very, I mean, we are. We are an incredibly complex system. We are a bag of chemicals and a lot of chemical reactions. But we only have so many sources of fuel in the human body. Everything gets broken down into its basic units for us to strip it down, mine it for energy, mine it for different um, vitamins and minerals that we need to help catalyze a lot of these reactions and that's it so it's not like we're getting all these different you know huge different sources of fuel mm-hmm. we take all these sort we take or rather we do get a lot of sources of fuel but we strip it down to the basic units we strip it down to basically human dog food yep and so if it's already stripped to there we use it up quickly and it burns right through but the problem being in our society and culture we don't need as many calories as we get in. Mm-hmm. We usually ha- are over-consumers rather than under-consumers. Yeah. There's so not too many people starving in the U.S. If it, if it, it's pretty easily you can burn through something and you're going through a lot more fuel. And if you eat more than you can burn off, which is the case for most of us because we're usually pretty sedentary, the only option we've got is to store it. Hmm. And I'm not saying everything comes down to calories. It's definitely more of a dance than that. We could talk about insulin and we could talk about X, Y, and Z. But I think the big take home is that there's a lot of problems with white flour from what it's missing to what it has too much of. But I know you've you've got all the topics. Well, going um, back to these chemicals, um, there is, like, almost all the flours in our grocery store shelves have one of these chemicals, especially if if it's white processed flour. Yep. And um, but the one King Arthur flour doesn't use potassium bromate. No, so not. I don't know what they use, but you could just buy their their flour is way more expensive, but it doesn't have the potassium bromate. Well, and and all these chemicals that we can't pronounce very well, um, you know, they're not good for us. Right. <laughs> it's bleach. So the more whole a food is, the better. And patients often come to me, okay, well then what what should I be eating? And I'm like, okay. It looks like they took a horse bucket, a feed bucket, out of a barn and put it in a can, in a can, in a pan, and slapped it in the oven. That's what you should be eating. So something like Ezekiel bread is definitely higher mm-hmm. on the list because it's sprouted, it's whole, it's going to not hit your glucose. We should do an episode on sprouted grains because I don't, 
It's kind of like a mystery to me, but what sprouted grains are, like what's in Ezekiel right. bread, is they take the grain and then they let it grow a little bit to become the plant it should be. Right. And then they process it. I mean, it's still processed, but there's more nutrients because it yep. was able to be sprouted. And they're not stripping the fiber off of it. They're not stripping the vitamin out of it down. And so I want to hear actually more about these chemicals, but we are going to take another quick break, guys. I'm gonna be, Owen's going to be a little um, just going to tell us all about kind of the Zach Bush end of life. All yeah. Right, guys. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> Hi, this is Dr. Cameron O'Connell, and I'm giving a quick plug for Snow Pea Number Three, no otherwise known as Owen Mendanis, DDS. If you have teeth, which I think the majority of us do, you have to come see this woman. She has a passion for oral health, sleep, and plant-based diet, which all feeds back into keeping you healthy and happy. She has worked in Nome. She has worked all across Alaska and has set up in Anchorage. We are so happy to have her here. She is a uh, environmentally, functionally, everything you could want e out of a dentist. She focuses on treating the root cause of oral disease, and her patients love her. So take my word for it. You can find her at www.ladydentistanchorage.com. You better get on her schedule because it's filling up. Well, we are back with the Snow Peas. This is Dr. Owen Mandanis, and we are talking about white flour. Yeah, we are. So um, the thing that is kind of a new, it's not so new now, but celiac disease is something that I feel like was in the 2000s that everyone had celiac disease all of a sudden. And we were like, what's celiac disease? Can I tell you a really weird quick story? Yeah. So my sure. mother has celiac disease. Yeah. So what's the story there? Interestingly enough, so she was born in 1950, according to her, and I have not fact-checked my mother, so, you know, bear with me. But um, she ended up being a failure-to-thrive baby. So after she was born, and this was big, right? 50s, everybody was feeding their baby formula. Guess what all the formula had in it? Mm. Wheat products. So she, all of a sudden, wasn't holding any food down. The constant, constant, constant regurgitation. It was losing weight as an infant. And my grandparents were in Philadelphia at that time, and there was supposedly a gentleman over from the Netherlands who was a physician who was visiting the hospital for a while. I don't know why he was there working slash whatever. And he ended up diagnosing my mom with celiac disease in the 50s. Whoa, really? Yeah. But, and he told, he told my, um, my grandparents basically, like, she needs to be on goat's milk and she. And so another thing with celiac disease is very often people sometimes lose the ability to process fats pretty well or um, be able to digest fats sometimes with, along with celiac disease because of the trauma to the small intestine. That was my mom, and my mom, until I was, she got almost, like, re-diagnosed, because they told my grandparents this, but it got lost in the shuffle. So my grandparents thought she had a problem with fats, and so they reintroduced her to wheat again when she was around five, and kids sometimes can be a little bit more forgiving, and so, so she this always is what had, year is it? oh gosh, 1956, and hmm. so she had abdominal pain her whole life post-meal. And then what has she done since for it? She ended up going in to see a doc down in Portland when I was there. She's a deep 
GI troubles, and they ended up diagnosing her, doing some blood tests, and there was um, check some markers for it, and they're like, yeah, you have celiac disease, and my mom said, oh, I know that, it has to do with, I'm a fat intolerant, and they just looked at her and said, that's not what that means. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So when all this was happening, it was it was fascinating to have somebody in the household who did have a um, legitimate diagnosis of celiac disease. Yeah, the first I ever heard of it was like 2004. Right. And then, like, everyone had celiac disease. Yeah. And I remember thinking, I wish I had celiac disease. So <laughs> I would, I had a reason not no, to you eat. Don't. I know, I don't. But, like, I was thinking, oh, that'd be a great reason not to eat cakes and things like that. Right. right. But I bring up celiac disease, which, you know, this is actually ruining my story now. If Sorry. your mom was diagnosed with, no, it's, it's not ruining it, but it's really interesting because, um, I don't know that much about celiac disease, but I do know there's like a lot of controversy about the gluten. So it's supposed to be gluten, a sensitivity gluten, no? It's actually an autoimmune condition that is set right. off by... Um, gluten? Yep, that looks like... Because gluten is a protein, right? It's a protein component found. And gluten, there's gluten is a generalized name for protein that can be found in grains. Well, gluten, gluten, gluten is what is in breads that make it so yummy and chewy. Yep, spongy. It's the gluten. Yeah, and it kind of, it gives that like sourdough bread that nice chew that we like to. Have you seen it too? I mean, like you, you'll see it sometimes in like Costco or stores. Oh, no, no. Big bags I, of gluten. I had to buy gluten when I took that cooking class to make seitan. Like all seitan is, is oh, like gluten. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so it's, you know, which is a very vegan plant-based thing to eat. So obviously you can't eat. So it, it just, it does bring about the controversy of is celiac disease a gluten thing or what exactly it is. So this is leading to, Cameron mentioned Zach Bush, who is an MD whose big thing is glyphosate. So glyphosate is a um, chemical that was patented in the 70s. So this is interesting right. with your mom. And it is a kind of a weed killer. So it was originally used in Vietnam to clear, like, the jungles. Right. And that's where the whole Agent Orange thing, it was Agent Orange. So they, you know, blow up areas of the jungle with it. So, but it was patented in the 70s as glyphosate sort of for a weed killer. So after, like, it was some derivation of this used in Vietnam in the 60s, and then glyphosate became glyphosate, which is some kind of form of Agent Orange. Interesting. And then, so the Agent Orange, I don't know what it did to veterans, but it was like, it's a really big deal um, of hurting them. And so what happened in the 80s, in the 70s and 80s, like Monsanto that that patented glyphosate that, and that started Agent Orange was like, well, we have all this stuff now. What do we do with it? And they started Roundup. So Roundup, what I think is crazy, so in the 80s and probably the 90s, if you were a football fan, you'd see like all these you see these commercials for Roundup, and it would be like these big tough guys because they would do the commercials during the oh, I remember this. football, yeah. and it would be like they would take out dandelions yeah. with the Roundup. So it must be like a slight derivation. Like it must be like a one slight molecule shift or something like From that. From Agent Orange. Yeah. But so the deal with the Roundup 
which I just think is so funny, is they were killing dandelions, like, but these are tough guys. And, you know, people taking care of their yards, not so much in Alaska as much as, like, the lower 48, but, you know, having this pristine yard and one dandelion is, like, Ruining the whole <laughs> the whole lawn. Which, uh, yeah, I like don't know about my, you, at least in my household, <laughs> there was a lot more doing that. My lawn is just dandelions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so just, but, but so they kind of twisted the chemical to be like this He-Man, you know, beautiful lawn thing. Right. And um, I just think it's funny because dandelions was the enemy. And it's like one of the most therapeutic plants that you could eat. So, I mean, there's just so many health benefits from dandelions. So I just think it's funny. But the whole glyphosate thing is, you know, right now we have so many chronic disorders and um, children, there's like 54% of U.S. children have chronic disorders. And that's like, I don't know, like depression, autism. Um, We, like people have, adults have we're just getting sicker and sicker since the 90s when basically Roundup came out. I'm wondering if it's the thought process thing. Because, like, they're pretty, it's pretty well, at least for this way, at least what I remember from medical school, is that it's pretty well established that the gliadin, like, certain certain protein in the wheat is similar in a lot of ways to one of the components that is in the, the lining of the small intestine. And so what ends up happening is you eat it. Your immune system sees that. And, and some people, I mean, we all have different, because um, I'm a bit too technical, but we all have different things that we react to. Like we've all got you know, different immune systems, different things we come up against in our lives, yeah. yada, yada, yada. That and, affect us all right, differently. Exactly. And some people are predisposed to having something like a cinnamon allergy where they get a hold of cinnamon. Right. And blow so up. crazy. But, or peppermint or X, Y, and Z. And this is more along the lines of you get exposed to this and your immune system recognizes that as an alien substance it doesn't like. And so it goes on the attack. The problem is it's very similar to some of the proteins that are in the and so it's a cross-reaction, and it ends up attacking your small intestine and then the lining of the small intestine as well. And so I'm wondering if the glyphosate angle is more of it throws off your gut microbiome and yes. thereby would let you have more exposure to, and like an improper exposure in a way I, to you know gluten? What? I, I don't know. know, but it's there's a correlation between screwed up microbiome right. and the glyphosate, 100%. And now at this point, the way we get all our produce is there's glyphosate. There's glyphosate in the rain. So right. we can't even escape glyphosate anymore. And so it is, um, it's in all our produce. So even, even though Monsanto was using it, like certain farmers were using it, but it just goes in the environment. So it's just a big pollutant. Right. And so now it's everywhere. Like I did read something a long time ago where it says if you, we all got our blood tested, there's glyphosate in there. Well, we all have, what, like, dioxin as well? Or we all have, yeah. Yeah, so the, anyway, there is some kind of contributor to, like, these chronic disorders. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, so Zach Bush is, that I talked about, um, you can find his, he really talks about this on ZachBushMD.com. So it's Z-A-C-H-B-U-S-H-M-D dot com. And um, he really is the glyphosate hater. 
but it's very interesting to just read about it. So glyphosate can wipe out a jungle. Like, what is it doing to our microbiome? <laughs> like, and it's in our bodies. So that, but there's a correlation between glyphosate that is in the flour that is really causing celiac disease, or is it really the gluten? Yeah, because and heard this a is controversial. Yeah, it's the I've also heard, and granted, I have done zero research for this, um, but that we have done a lot of hybridization of our wheat. And so, therefore, if you respond to one specific form of gliadin, let's say it's not everything, different plants have different forms of gluten in them. Like I said, corn has gluten. You know, X, Y, and Z has gluten. Gluten is just a name for a type of protein found in some of these um, grains. So, interestingly enough, if you were to look at that and say, okay, is it that we've hybridized and gotten to the point where instead of maybe you had a reaction to one out of every hundred different species that you kind of bump up against, instead now that they've hybridized to the point where you're running into that same form of gluten over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, well, you wouldn't be. Because I've had some people who've had celiacs that I've, disease that I've run into over the years, let's go to my practice, they do better in Europe. And is it, Yeah, interesting. Know, yep. And so there's a lot of different questions down the celiac road. But it is really, it's definitely worthwhile to point out that the more refined we get, the more we end up kind of tinkering with our food, the more, in some ways, there's some great benefits. Don't get me wrong, I'm a big fan of agriculture and growing crops, but there's some drawbacks as well. Which is just, um, once again, eating closer to the chain. So if you right. grow your own food... You can avoid a lot of this, yeah. and you won't have as much of these chemicals that we're getting, preservatives. I mean, if it's a preservative, you know, it's probably not that good for our body because what is if it's preserving the food that we eat, what is that doing for us? Well, so. you know, it's interesting. One of the theories as to why we saw a big drop in, like, actual stomach cancer is not that common, but it was a lot more common around the early 19, like 1910, 1920s. So what is that about? I think it's refrigeration. That we used to salt a lot of our food to preserve mm. it. And now, even though we do eat a good amount of salt, we still are not getting necessarily the level of exposure that they might have had. Like, once again, the turn of the past century, not this current one. Um, but anyway, we, I think we've done a darn decent job in P number three. We'd be proud of us. Yeah. You know what? I do want to, I mean, I do think it's a big deal. This is a plant-based program, but... This Monsanto thing mm -hmm. is um, basically the EPA let Monsanto do, the Environmental Protection Agency, you know, get away with a lot of things. And it's, um, you know, the terms industry smells capture. Smells like money. Smells <laughs> like money. Smells like teen spirit. But it is, like, there's been, I'm amazed that Roundup is still in the stores. I mean, it's at Lowe's every summer. And I'm like, why is this? Like, there have been major lawsuits. There was a guy that worked for, um, he was like a, worked for a garden company, yeah. like, and he sued Monsanto. And it is. Um, he won, which is a miracle. He totally won. He got cancer. Mm -hmm. And then, and then Roundup still in the stores. Right. I mean, it was for using years of Roundup. I think the only way they're kind of getting around it is that it's a product that is not designed to necessarily react with any enzyme process known within the human body. But what they fail to take into consideration is that it affects plants, it affects bacteria, 
as well. So once again, back to the microbiome, that's the big question of the hour is what is it doing to some of the, the um, small, tiny beings that live inside of us? Yeah, not good stuff not good necessarily. Stuff. And so. then so before we end, because we're wrapping things up no. You know, I just want to talk to you what your thoughts are. Like, there's so many flower alternatives, and, like, not that everyone has a Vitamix, but you can make your own flowers. And you can. the yeah. properties are all different. It's You could just take any grain you have or any nut you have and Absolutely. basically just macerate it with your food processor or your Vitamix and make some kind of flower. That's right. Oat flour. I Oat do that flour. Frequently. Yeah. yeah, so you can just... Put in your Vitamix and make yourself some oat flour, and at least you know you've done that, and it's maybe fresher and maybe healthier for you. Amen. I like it. So anyway, that is it. Is that your tip for the day, is well, make your own flour? Maybe. I mean, but you can make them out of nuts, you know. Right. So, and I think we need to do, we do need to think about what's in our food. Yep. And exactly. we need to grow our, I mean, like, obviously I'm pushing all the veggies, but, like, I'm also pushing grow your own veggies. Yeah, closer to home. Closer to home. My big tip for the day is just because it says vegan on the package doesn't make it healthy. Right. So, you know, once again, when it comes to flour, I'm not saying that you never have to have it again, but maybe you shouldn't for some folks. And maybe Mm. you, you know, should look at, at if that's not an option for you right now, look at adding in a few things that are going to be a bit healthier for you. Like I said, Ezekiel bread's a good option if you are gluten intolerant, however, slash have celiac disease, that is still not a good bread for you. But there are some much better options out there than it used to be. And as Owen pointed out, you can make your own stuff out of the ball. Yeah. Bread should be a treat. Like I kind of. Yep. It should okay. definitely be a treat. It should not be an everyday thing. I know. Don't hurt me. <laughs> yeah. I know. All right, guys. Yeah. Thank you so much. Oh, and I've had a lot of fun. We do miss P number three and all of her lipstick. Laughter. Eyeglasses. Right. Laughter. (laughs) But, Zina, we miss you. We'll see you soon when you get back. Peace Peace out. out.